All right, Christchurch, uh, we are in our series, Getting Past Your Past, and uh, I'm uh, Pastor Rob, lead pastor here at Christchurch. Uh, quick, quick announcement, uh, quick uh, promo for you. Um, you're going to hear today, uh, you've heard before that something called the Upper Room is coming. Today we're announcing that it's actually uh, going to start on the first Sunday uh, in March. So the first Sunday in March, uh, we're going to be launching another worship service at 9.15. So if you've had the experience of being here and feeling a little crushed and crowded, uh, we have a whole other worship service, a whole other opportunity. Uh, it's going to happen. It's going to have its own band, its uh, own uh, pastor, uh, its own team, everything. Its own. It's going to be high-quality, good stuff, but different, uh, just a different environment and a different kind of experience. So I uh, encourage you to think about that if you're a 915 worshiper of uh, joining us on March 4th uh, in the upper room. How's that for branding? Name, location, good, right? So think about that. Pray about that. Good thing coming. Well, today we are in our series here, Getting Past Your Past, and uh, last week uh, we talked about uh, dealing with getting through uh, when somebody has hurt you, right? Uh, and uh, today we're going to kind of flip the coin and look at the other side, uh, and it's a more difficult side, quite frankly, uh, because it's a not, it's not a side uh, that we like really to admit to. And that is getting past our past in terms of those times and experiences when we have been the one who hurt someone else, right? That's a little harder, isn't it, right? It's really easy for us to point out when somebody else hurts us, but it is harder for us to kind of come to the truth and come to that awareness that says, whoa, wait a minute, uh, you know, I, I <laughs> was the one who did something that I either did or didn't do something I should have and hurt uh, someone else. Moms and dads, you know this, right? How many times do your kids come to you and say, you know, so-and-so hurt me, right? That's pretty fast, pretty easy, right? How many times do your kids come to you and say, hey, I hurt so-and-so, <laughs> right? I mean, that just doesn't happen, right? It's just because it's difficult for us to face that reality uh, of our own uh, brokenness. And yet, uh, if we're going to live up to the song we just sang and be a child of God, right, be a son or, or daughter of God, Scripture calls us uh, to face and, and learn how to scripturally deal with that reality. And that's what we're going to do today. Uh, scripture in the Beatitudes, Jesus is teaching on that mountainside, uh, and he uh, calls us uh, blessed if we do just that. Uh, if you look at Matthew 5, where he's doing that teaching, he also says, therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there, remember, your brother has something against you. Now, notice there, it says, if your brother has something against you, it doesn't define whether it's something against you because of something they did to you or something you did to them, right? That doesn't really matter. Who the initiator of is not the point. The point is, is there something that is interrupted a relationship uh, that you ought to have, right? And so whether it's that they hurt you last week or this week, whether it's because you did something to hurt them, not the point. The point is your relationship has been marred, interrupted. The question is, if you're going to be a child of God, what do you do about it? What do you do about it? He says, well, 
If there's something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar and first go and be reconciled to your brother. Then come and offer your gift. Notice the directive there says, first go. Who's supposed to be the initiator? Well, you are. Right? Go. Do it. You, you, you need to do that. If you're a child of God, if you're a follower of Christ, you need to understand this is part of your identity. And you just need to take responsibility and be able to say, wait a minute, I need to face this in my own life. Those places where I've hurt other people, I need to not only face that, but I need to do something about it. Right? I need to go and deal with my brother. You see, this is just incumbent upon us as Christ followers to step into and take the initiative to try and regain these relationships, or at least get the relationships to a healthier place. Now, notice it doesn't guarantee that your brother is going to be receptive, right? It doesn't guarantee that the person you have offended is going to even want to talk to you. Uh, Nonetheless, it does put the responsibility on us to do what? First goal, right? Regardless of how the person may or may not respond, that's not the issue. The issue is our responsibility. And our responsibility as a Christ follower, child of God, is to go, right? And what that leads us to is that understanding of what our role is as a Christ follower in our relationships that have been interrupted. And our role is to be a peacemaker, not a peacemaker. Keeper, you may have uh, may remember I introduced this teaching back in a series when we were talking about uh, families and relationships in families. It's that relationship between being a peacemaker and not being a peacekeeper. It comes out of Matthew five again, that beatitude that I talked about, where Jesus says, "Blessed are the peace." What's the word? Makers. That's a really good word. You're a peacemaker. You're not a peacekeeper. Blessed are the peacemakers, they will be called what? Sons of God. You see, being a peacemaker is part of our identity of being a Christ follower. This should be simply what we receive and what we do. First go. We initiate, we go. Why? Because this is part of our identity of being uh, a child of God. Right? And, And that identity is to be a peacemaker, not a peace keeper. What's the difference? Pretty straightforward, right? What does a peacekeeper do? Well, a peacekeeper is somebody who fundamentally just avoids the situation, right? You, you avoid the situation. You avoid the conflict. You, you avoid the issue. Uh, you, you avoid the hurt that was created there. And, and, and your focus is simply to keep peace at all costs, right? So just avoid all the stuff all the messy stuff in the relationship, and instead, just focus on just, just, just keep the peace, right? Just, just keep it as peaceful as possible. Do we have any of these people in your families? Don't raise your hand. It's okay. But you do, right? Well, yeah, okay, that keeps the peace, but it does nothing to resolve the hurt. It does nothing to remove the hurt that interrupts the relationship, That's why God doesn't ask us to be peacekeepers. God asks us to be peacemakers. 
peacemakers. What do peacemakers do? Well, peacemakers initiate and they step into the difficulty, right? Now, I'm not saying to you that being a peacemaker is going to be easy. It won't. It will be uncomfortable. But you know what? Being a Christ follower is not easy, right? Being, being a Christ follower isn't always comfortable. It is who we are. It's our identity, and therefore it's what we do. And so peacemakers understand that, and they embrace the conflict. They, they, they understand that the, the relationship has been hurt and, and that there's, a, there's an interruption in the relationship that needs to be worked through. And that can be difficult and challenging, but a peacemaker accepts that and just initiates and steps into it anyway. Just like Jesus stepped into our world, even though it was obvious it was going to cost him his life. Not an easy thing. But he did it anyway. Peacemakers, they step in and they embrace the conflict. They focus on the issue at hand, not everything else, but the issue at hand. They expect that God is working. They expect that there is an outcome for God to achieve. And that means a healing outcome that can renew or at least get the relationship to a healthier place. And they're willing to sacrifice to overcome the evil that has now uh, been implanted in the relationship and get to a lasting peace with that person, right? Peacemakers step into it. They initiate and they step into it. Now, one of the places that this becomes difficult most often for us is that if you're going to be a peacemaker, if you're going to live up to your identity in Christ, right? It means you have to be a peacemaker who swallows your pride and embraces humility. That's not easy for us. Have you ever noticed how kind of our first reaction so many times is to kind of go to our pride? Well, after all, it's their fault. And they should be the ones that come and apologize to me. Ever heard that before? Said that before? Well, you know, I really didn't do anything wrong. It's they, they, it was because they did what they did that I did what I did. If they wouldn't have done what they did, I wouldn't have done what I did. I was just reacting in the situation to their problem. Said that before? Heard that before? See, what happens is we get, we get hooked up in our own pride. We get hooked up in our own self-justification. Imagine if Jesus would have looked at your situation as a broken, sinful person and held on to his pride. Father, why should I go to earth and give up my life? I mean, after all, they're the ones that are messing up. Imagine if Jesus had held on to his pride, and yet he didn't. Because obedient followers of the Father swallow their pride, and they step into humility. When pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with humility comes wisdom. Disgrace? Wisdom. Hmm. Which do we choose? You see, Christ followers 
we, we just step into humility because that's exactly what Jesus did for us. We didn't deserve it. We didn't earn it. We couldn't buy it. There's no reason for him to do it except his obedience to the Father and his love for us. And the same is true. We step into this because it's who we are in Christ, not because the person that we've hurt deserves it or because somehow, you know, that, that, that it, it just needs to be done for, for their good. No, we step into this because it's who we are. It, it, it's what we do. We imitate Christ. Philippians, it says, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Right? If you're going to follow him, you've got to think like him. You've got to behave like him. You've got to have the same thoughts and attitude like him. And what was his attitude? Jump down to seven. He took the what position? Humble position. Or jump down to eight. He humbled himself in obedience to God. See, we need to be able to swallow our pride and step into humility. Take the humble position. We step into this reconciliation not because we're trying to prove ourselves right, but because we're trying to be obedient and recover a relationship. So we swallow our pride and we step in humiliation. We step in humbly as a peacemaker. And that means we're going to be a peacemaker who steps into that situation humbly and speaks the truth in love. We're going to speak the truth in love. We don't fabricate the story, but we speak the truth in love. If you look at Ephesians, instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ. We speak, in, we speak into other people's lives. We speak the truth in love. Now, here's a key point. When you initiate that reconciliation and you begin to sit down with that other person that you've hurt, you need to speak the truth in love. That means you don't sit down with them and try to prove how wrong they were. You don't try to justify your actions by going through your version of exactly what happened. Because guess what? When you, re- re- when you go through your version of exactly what happened... They won't agree with your version because they'll see it completely differently. Speaking the truth in love isn't about saying, listen, here's the truth of exactly what happened. No, they won't share that viewpoint with you. They don't see it the same way. That's why division happened. What you speak the truth about is you speak the truth about what you know from the situation. You speak the truth about your own feelings. Listen, I was angry. I was frustrated. I was discouraged. Right? You speak the truth about what you know from your own feelings and experience, and you share that truth with them humbly. Not trying to prove them wrong, but simply sharing with them your own humble weakness. Remember what the Apostle Paul says, right? There is great power in our weakness. He is strongest when we are weak. Remember him saying that? 
We speak out of our weakness, not of our pride, not of our position, not out of our power. We, we speak out of our weakness and our humbleness, just like Jesus did for each one of us. It means that we do that same attitude that Jesus had. We speak that truth uh, in love. That's a renewing of our, of our mind and our attitudes and our thoughts, right? What happens when, when we hurt someone, we get hooked up in our pride, we try to justify that, and we rewrite history of what took place. When we initiate for reconciliation, we step in humbly and we speak from what we know to be truth, and that's our feelings. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and your attitudes, not renew the history of what happened, right? Renew your thoughts and attitudes, put on your new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we're all parts of the same body, and don't sin by letting anger control you. Peacemakers step into humility, and they share the truth of their heart out of their own weakness. You with me? Didn't say it was easy. That means that peacemakers are open to and embrace taking responsibility for their own mistakes and being willing to apologize. When we step into these conversations, it's not trying to prove ourselves right and prove the other person wrong. It's not about trying to say, listen, you were, you were you know, 80% wrong and I was only 20% wrong. It's not about percentages. It's about trying to recover the relationship or at least heal the relationship so you can get past the hurt of the past and both of you move into the future. It's about the relationship, not about the fault. It's about the relationship, not about the blame. And so we speak the truth humbly, but we speak that truth uh, in love. And in the process, in our own weakness, we take responsibility for our own actions, our own mistakes, and we willingly apologize. Look at James. Therefore, confess your sins to who? So good in the text. Confess your sins to whom? To each other. Isn't it interesting? We're a whole lot more comfortable with confessing our sins to the Father, right? (laughs) I mean, that's like, yeah, Lord God, boy, I was really wrong. I really hurt them. God, I'm really sorry. But when it comes to the person, it gets so much more difficult. And yet Scripture calls us to both, to not only go to the Father in our weakness, but to also go to other people in that weakness and speak that truth in love. We confess our sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Here's an important side note in this process. As you're doing this, as you commit, as you go and you initiate trying to recover these relationships as a peacemaker, write this down, make notes in the margin. Don't miss this point. You ready? Before you go, before you even set the appointment to sit down, before you say one word to that other person, Pray for them. Now, notice, pray for them. Don't pray for the situation only. Don't only pray that you'd have the right words. Don't only pray that God would work in there and get you through this thing, right? No, pray for them. 
Pray for their person. Pray for their life. Pray for their heart. Pray for their attitude, right? Pray for their mind and their soul. Pray for them. Long before you even sit down with them, pray for them. Why? Because you need to get God working in their hearts and in their minds and in their life so that when you walk in as a Christ follower, the table is set. You you need to pray for them early and often so that when you initiate, they're open to receive that invitation. You need to pray for them early and often so that when you do sit down and you share the truth and in humbly and out of your weakness, they will receive it because God's already been working on them and preparing them for that moment. Pray for them before you even initiate the conversation. Now, you've got to be careful. This is not an excuse to delay the opportunity to meet with them, right? You can't say to yourself, well, you know, I, just, I need to pray for them more before I call them, <laughs> right? I, I just need to pray a little bit longer for them before we, before we sit down, right? And you never get to sitting down. It's not a way to delay. It's the beginning point as you initiate. Pray for them, pray for them, pray for them. And then step into your identity of Christ and reach out to them in all humility, truth, and love. Was that good? That was good. I don't know if you know that or not. That, that was good stuff. Okay, Matthew 7. Here, pat myself. I'll do that. That was good. Uh, so, how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your own eye, when all the time there's a plank uh, in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye, and then you'll see clear to remove the speck from your brother's eye. When you're, what's this, when you're in the conversation... Don't concentrate on the speck that's in their eye. Concentrate where? On the plank in your own eye. Right? When, when you sit down with that person, when, when, you're, when you're with them humbly and openly and speaking from your heart, don't, don't focus on the speck of the problem that, that was about them. Focus on the plank that was in your own eye. Take responsibility for the plank that's in your own eye. It's great wisdom here from Proverbs. If you've been trapped by what you said, ensnared by the words of your mouth. So So if you mess up, right, with somebody, if you've messed up with somebody, right, then do this, my son, to free who? To free... This isn't just about them. This is about you getting past your past, not carrying the burden of this busted relation, not carrying the hurt of this busted relationship. To free yourself, since you've fallen into your neighbor's hands, go, do it, go initiate, and humble yourself. It's what we've been talking about. Press your plea with your neighbor. Speak from your heart out of all humility. Allow no sleep to your eyes, no slumber to your eyelids. Don't put it off, don't put it off, don't put it off. Step into it, because it's who Christ calls you to be. What does it mean for us? Here's the list. As we get past our past and we reach out to those that we have hurt, we do that in all humility, truth and love, speaking out of our heart, focusing on on the plank in our own eye, and we just admit. We just own it, right? We just admit the plank in our own eye. And we don't offer excuses for it. We don't try to lay the blame this way or that way. We, We just call it the way it is, right? Don't offer excuses and accept the consequences. Right? Understand the hurt and the consequence this has caused in that person's life as well as your own life. Right, And be willing to change the behavior. 
right now how do we go forward together what is our relationship going to be like as we go forward together right and ask them ask them to forgive you ask them to forgive you doesn't mean they will doesn't mean they're going to be in a place where they can I don't know that's about what God's been doing in their life right but it's up to us to be able to humbly come and ask for that forgiveness why is all this important because everything we're talking about this morning going to those people that we hurt is part of the witness of who we are in Christ when we do this we're pointing to Christ in our own lives and, and some of you can even say that, right? When you, when you sit down with that person, you can even say to them, listen, I, I was a different person then. I, d- I didn't know Jesus then, or I didn't know Jesus the way I know him now. And listen, you know, I hadn't come to Christ church then, and now I do, and, and I'm in a new place, and I just needed to, I need to just come clean with you on this thing, right? Admit, right? Just go ahead and admit that, that listen, this is who I am now in Christ, Right? Doing this is part of our witness to those people that we have hurt. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called what? They will be called children of God. It's what we just sang before we start the message. We live into, we live up to being exactly that. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, and here's the key phrase... As far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. As far as it depends on... So there's the question of the day. If you're going to get past your past, are you ready to come clean with the reality that you have participated in causing hurt? And as far as it depends on you, If you're a Christ follower, are you ready to step into the identity and in all humbleness speak the truth and love from your heart and seek to recover the relationship more than holding onto the hurt or holding onto the pride and still trying to prove to yourself that you were right? But instead, Speak the truth in love in all weakness and humility and try to regain your brother or your sister. As far as it depends on you, what are you willing to do? Let's pray. Father, thanks that uh, you love us enough to step into our world uh, and in all humbleness, Jesus, you stepped even into a cross, uh, the humiliation of it, the pain of it. You embraced the hurt so that we could be forgiven. And so our relationships could be forgiven and new. And Lord, we come to you this morning and uh, we confess all of that to you in our brokenness. And we ask that you would help us to... Uh, Help us to reach out to others around us that we've hurt. Help us to just be humble, speak the truth and love from our hearts, and uh, seek to be reconciled as you've reconciled us. 
so that we can move beyond our past and into the future you have prepared for us. And so those that we hurt can too move past the past. And in the process, we pray that they would, they would see in us uh, you, that they would see in us the love you've shown us. We pray this in Jesus' name.